Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sophie Scott. And I'm James Gill. Our mission is to make wellness accessible to everyone. We'll be chatting with our favourite people. Sharing uplifting news stories. And delivering tips and tricks. To bring balance to your lives. Hello, welcome to the Balance Podcast. Our guest today, um, someone I admire a great deal, John Rain. You, you probably follow him on Twitter. He's, he's at Mr. Ken Shabby. Uh, consistently one of the funniest people on social media. It's because it's the festive season. I hope you had a lovely Christmas. There is a James Bond theme to this. Um, what John Rain has done. I love John Rain. John Rain believes in the positive power of social media. He talks about his uh, his own battle with, uh, with 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 mental health historically, and how Twitter has been a force for good. He's you know he's uh, he's socialised via social media. Met some great people. What's more, he has harnessed his love. Of James Bond launched a podcast, Smirsh Pod, wonderful podcast, very funny. Um, and that love of Bond resulted in a book deal. Talk about pursuing a passion and doing something that you love. John loves Bond, <laughs> launched a podcast, uh, podcast, he said that like Sean Connery, tribute, um, pod, podcast, um, was very popular. One of the fans of, well, I'm a huge fan of Smirsh Pod. One of the fans works at a book publisher, gets in touch. Would you like to write a book all about your love of James Bond? I'm a huge fan of the podcast. John, yes, please. The book is out now. It's called Thunderbook, The World of Bond, According to Smirsh Pod by John Rain. I'm going to hyperlink it in the episode. I strongly recommend it. It's very funny. It's written with love. Um, and this is just a lovely chat with uh, a brilliant dude, John Rain, a.k.a. at Mr. Ken Shabby, a.k.a. Smirshpod, two separate Twitter accounts. Uh, I strongly recommend both. Uh, because when I was a kid, it's one of the reasons we've done this app as well. When I was a kid, the Christmas holiday was, was synonymous with a Bond movie. Not so much these days. I don't think so. Could be wrong. It's been Indiana Jones, hasn't it? This Christmas, they've, they've shown all the indie movies. Uh, anyway, without further ado, here, here is the wonderful John Rain. Hope you had a great Christmas. This is the last episode of 2019. I cannot thank you all enough for everything this year. Very, very grateful. 
Um, we kicked it off with Ricky Gervais in March. So uh, as, a, as a tribute to episode one, we, we tweeted that the other day, just as a thank you. And the great man, Mr. Gervais, tweeted it to his millions of followers. So that, that's, that was nice. That was very kind. Thank you, Ricky. Uh, and there's, if, you, if this is your first episode, there's loads of... Uh, I, I should do this at the end. I'm so sorry. There's loads of old episodes. Dame Jess Ennis, Regina King, Patricia Arquette, Ramesh Ranganathan, Lee Mack, many, many, many more. Anyway, John Rain. Love him. So, John, it's uh, crack an old gag, long-time listener, first-time caller. So this is a real uh, thrill on a personal level. Someone has been uh, quite the John Rain anorak for some time to have you on. So thank you very much, first and foremost. Oh, thanks for having me. It's lovely to be here. So you are, whether you like this or not, John, you're, uh, you are an inspiration. Because what you've done is you've taken a passion, you've pursued it, you've done it all off your own back... You launched an incredibly successful podcast, and now I'm holding in my hands. You've got a hardback book. Yeah. Now, to to our listeners who may not be familiar with your work, uh, can you can you tell us what happened? How you turned a love of James Bond into, I mean, a, a source of income? I, I guess you know something more than just uh, someone who loves watching a Bond movie on TV. Um. Thank you. Uh, that's very <laughs> nice. Um. It's just that the I, I mean I've been a huge Bond fan for years. And there was nothing really out there that spoke to me as a Bond fan that also likes comedy and having a laugh. And every Bond fan, sorry, every Bond podcast I listened to was very um, reverential and technical and sure. trivia based. There was no kind of poking fun at it. And it's such a, it's such a open goal in terms of how f funny it is and it knows it it's not pretending to be otherwise it's, it's 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 much like doctor who in that sense it's a franchise that's very aware of how it is a bit rubbish at times um so i just thought it would be great to do something because i'd had a podcast in the past and i thought it would be good to do something else and i thought it'd be great to have a different guest every week just so you change it up and just go film by film sure what was the moment where you thought Oh, hang on a minute. This is uh, this is actually going somewhere. Because what I mean by that is a lot of people will launch a podcast mm. and then they check the listener figures and they probably think, oh, well, this is a pleasant hobby and I enjoy it and that's all that matters. Whereas with you, I guess there was a there was a time where you thought, oh, hello. Yeah, there was. Um, the, the listening figures started to go up because at that point I had control of the dashboard on the podcast thing. Um, so that was good. And then people like Al Murray wanted to get involved. Um because I'm kind of friendly with him on Twitter anyway. Um, but he's a massive Bond fan. He wanted to get involved. And then Great Big Al got in touch, um, who are now a thriving podcast family. Uh, but at the time, they were just starting up, and they wanted to uh, start with Smirchpod. So they, they took me in. And, and Oh, my God. I mean, that's... Because, I mean, the guys behind Great Big Al, can you yeah. say a bit about them? Because yeah. they are... In the world of showbiz, they are gods, aren't they? They are, yeah. Joel Norris and Jason Hazley, and a chap called Mark Haynes, and a guy called Dave Cribb as well. But um, Joel and Jason will be the, the people everybody knows, I think. They, they're they behind the Lady Bird book for adults. Uh, I mean, and they did all right, didn't they? They did all right on that, yeah. <laughs> and and they also write for Philomena Kunk and Charlie Brooker, and like, they've done everything, and they're amazing. Um, but yeah, that was the moment where I just thought, you know, maybe this is all right if they want to get behind it. And all, you know they've both been on it, and and they've been very very supportive since day one. I mean, the the, the book wouldn't have happened without their support, definitely. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm too close to Bond because I love I love Bond so much. Mm. 
and maybe you have a better view because it's because it's you know dominated your life in the in the in the loveliest way possible. But what is it? What is it? About? There's a book about Star Wars that came out, uh, Chris Taylor, and it's called How Star Wars Conquered the Universe. Right. And the point he's making in the book is Star Wars, and I guess Bond is a bit like this. He, he felt that Star Wars is is, is so he, he said it was unique because. You can't think of anything else where the fans... Actually, Star Wars is different to Bond because the fans actually hate. It's not that they poke fun at the movies. Some Star Wars fans have a visceral hatred of for some of the movies. Yeah. But what is it What is it about Bond that we... We do know it is a bit naff at times, but yet we we Brits love it so much, don't we? We've been brought up on it. Uh, I mentioned it in the book. We've, every bank holiday when we were kids, there'd be a Bond film on or, or over Christmas holiday, it's 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 raised us, it's nurtured us. It, no, I mean it really since childhood. It really has, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, and and we've all got our favourite Bond, and and in a way, Roger Moore was all like all is all our dad basically. He, he he was at the age where our dads were at the time, and he was very dadly. Yeah. Um. So I think we've just we've all got love it or hate it or aren't asked about it. I think everybody's got a fondness for Bond in a way because it's such a it feels so British. It feels so. I don't know. It just feels so part of our DNA, really. There's something uh, comforting about it as well, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. As I say, I mean, people may not agree with me, but I feel the same way about Doctor Who in the way that that's very comforting as well, because it's just been a permanent fixture. Sure. And it's very happy to just be shit sometimes in the way Bond is. And that's what's kind of gone wrong with Bond of late, is that it's not happy to be shit sometimes. It wants to be very serious. And that's where I think it falls down a bit. What's your... I'll share mine. Hmm. And maybe it's because I was a kid. Your favourite moment in, in Bond history. Mine is probably Little Nelly and that little montage yeah. scene and the fight that follows. I don't know why I love it so much. I just hmm. think it's... Maybe it's because I was like five when I... First, uh, you only live twice, isn't it? Yeah. Na, 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 na. Beautiful. Do, do you have, a, uh, do you have a, a moment that jumps out? Well... I think the one that jumps out at me, just because it resonates with when I was a kid, is the bit in The Living Daylights where he, the Aston Martin is in the chase and starts, he pulls all the gadgets out. Know, you know, I've had some um, extras installed and all that business. Um, can you do a Dalton? I can do a bit of a Dalton. Go on, please. Um, a Calcadian Calcadius. <laughs> Greg by Chuck. <laughs> no. He says no. I like that. It's a bit in License to Kill with the, the lady throws her garter belt at him, Della. He goes, no. I just like the way he says that. He's very kind of Welsh scouse. It's good. But yeah, the living daylights, uh, the bit with the, with the car, I remember seeing that on, I, it, was my, it was some sort of Saturday morning kids programme. They showed a clip from it and it was that clip where he blows up the lorry with the, um, it just felt I've like had a few optional extras installed. Yeah. It just felt like the most exciting. Uh... Yeah. It's amazing, the safety glass. <laughs> Salt corrosion. So that, yes. Yeah. That's classic rain is... Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that, that, that whole sequence, it just made me want to jump out of my seat as a kid because, you know, you, you don't... Before the internet, before everyone was plugged into the world, you, you're not, you're not going to know about new Bonds and things. So when that turned up and it was a new Bond as Bond, because I saw it at the cinema and didn't know or, you know, didn't realise. Um, so yeah, seeing that was just made me want to leap out of my seat. In in this age of uh, you know where it, it is vitally important, and it's I think that's a good thing about social media, in terms of people being able to talk about their feelings, and especially men being able to talk about their feelings. Mm. Do you like where where do you like that Bond is trying to acknowledge this? We see we see Bond now as uh, a man who is tortured. No, really, no, I don't like it. I don't. I I I think he should be aspirational, and he should be. 
almost I, I don't know, I don't know the right word is, but I like the fact that there's escapism in it. And I don't like the fact that he is so in touch with these feelings that he is morose. I don't think he should be that. I think that's very that's a very Bourne thing. You can go to Bourne for that, but I think Bond's very you know you watch the holiday programmes because they go abroad. You don't watch holiday for them to get on the flight and pack their bags and do suitcases. Waiting for a delay. Waiting for a delay. You don't want all that. You just want the holiday. And I think that's what Bond is, is that it's just pure escapism. And I don't want to see him sitting in a shower crying. It's boring. Because it's, it's only a Craig thing, really, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, say more, there is a scene where he's uh, stood in front of the, the grave. Yeah. But then, because in that movie, which, which film is that? That's um, For Your Eyes Only. For Your Eyes Only. So he stands by the grave, looks a bit glum for a few seconds, and then it's sort of like the filmmaker's way of going, right, we're going to crack on now. And then he drops a disabled man down a chimney. That's right, yeah. yeah. And slaps his head. Yeah, we, we don't we don't linger on it. This is just that, that's just a way to go. Oh, there's continuity here. He's mourning his dead wife. Um, but you know, you can go to the Fleming books if you want all the the moroseness and the, and then in touch with the feeding stuff. But the films have always been, and I think that's part of what Cubby Broccoli was about. It's yeah. just escapism and fun. And I don't think the, the the last few films have been that fun. Now then, hmm. big question. Hmm. Skyfall. Hmm. I think that film is a is a masterpiece. Uh-huh. I adore. I adore that. Thing with you, John. I lo- I love your work. Mm-hmm. I agree with almost everything that you say. The only time you and I have obviously not literally fallen out. Great Escape is my favourite film ever. Yeah, and I know you're not a fan of that. <laughs> it's just so long. Oh man, I can't, I can't. the bit where McQueen taps his bike as if it's like an injured horse that tried its best. I mean that that will. <laughs> That will get me every time. So Skyfall, yeah. to share too much, wife and I went, opening night, view is Don't share too much. I mean, there's nothing like that to share, Christ. Okay, yeah, yeah. That, that left the relationship a long time ago. <laughs> uh, the credits... <laughs> the credits roll, uh-huh. packed. I think we've all... We, as a community, we've all enjoyed something mm. spectacular. I, I'm that guy. I start the round of applause that I know every single person in that cinema will join in with. Suffice to say, I was the only person clapping. To the extent where people were physically... I'm doing it now. People were physically turning around 180 degrees in their seats as if to say, who is this jerk? Um, where, where, what's your take on Skyfall in the, the Great Debate? I think it's all right. Right. I don't think it's the best Bond film that everyone says it is. I think it gets lost in the third act. But I think that's the problem with all Craig films. The third acts are always bad. Um, even Casino Royale's got a dodgy third act. Sure. Um, but I think Skyfall is all right. It's trying to do something, but I don't understand what he's doing because two films ago he's this brand new double O. Yeah. And then in Skyfall he's all, oh, I'm old. I need to be put out to pasture. So I don't get that. You didn't think, you didn't think they'd quite earned that? No. No, he's only done... That's his third film. You can't do that after... Because the third one, I mean, oh, man, because the third one, they are sort of playing that he's jaded, he's, he's, mm. he's washed up. Yeah. And you're right. And the whole point of Casino Royale was... Who's this new? Yeah, who's this guy running through turd. walls and shagging ladies? And he was running through walls. Yeah. That's right, and Quite showing lovely. off his big muscles. Uh, but now he's uh, morose. He's like droopy. He's like, mm. and talking to this new cue and stuff. It's, it's it's a fine. It's all right. It's just the third act. The Home Alone ending pisses me off big time. Go on, you know where we, the wet bandits are coming, and he has to <laughs> get the house ready. <laughs> They are, aren't they? 
Oh, uh, mate. Suffice to say, me in the cinema, yes, please, more <laughs> of this. The thing is with Bond is that I... I most criticisms of Bond, I, w- I will go, yeah, you're right, I still love it, but you're right. Mm. I mean, like, so when Tarantino came out and said, Skyfall is not a Bond movie. He's right. I knew exactly what, yeah. you know, I, if I was with him face to face, I'd be like, oh, man, I agree with you, but... It's a study on middle age, really. It's about a bloke turning 40 and not liking it very much. That's what Skyfall is. I, 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 I assume the writers are having the same feeling when they wrote it. Sure, but the the bad is very good. It's just that the plot is lifted pretty much. Well, some of it is lifted from the Avengers. You know, getting caught on purpose. Um, Q makes himself look like a dickhead by plugging his computer the computer into their network and all that. It bothers me. Yeah, but it's it's all right. It's just not a great Bond film. Um, and I know you've been asked this, but I have to ask it. Who do you like to see as the next? Who do you like to see, and who do you think will get it? I'd like to see Dan Stevens. He interests me. Go on. Um, uh, oh, I, I wasn't on the Tom Hardy boat for a while, but I'm not now. Dancing, what's the movie that Stevens makes? The Guest. That's the film I'm thinking of. Yeah. Thinking of reading my mind, John. Yeah, no, he's... I enjoyed that, and it's 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 an odd movie as well, isn't it? Very odd, yeah, but he's brilliant in it. And he's got a very kind of... he he's very He'd be a very good Bond, because he's got a very kind of um, dishy, uh, Hugh Grant-esque uh, foppishness. But he also, in the guest, shows that he's, he can be very cold and hard, which is what it needs. He but can, I, and he can be funny as well, can't he? And he can be very funny. He does yeah. have a lightness of touch. He's got a Roger Moore about him a bit. Um, do you think it needs a bit more? Do you think it needs to have a bit more Roger in it? I think it does. I think yeah. it, I think it needs a light, lightness of touch, and I think hopefully the producers know that. And also, after the Mission Impossible m- movies of late have showed, we, hopefully we can go back to some stunts. As well, that'd be nice because the last few haven't really had anything of note. Like Spectre has the Guinness Book of Records world's biggest explosion, but it literally just happens and everyone just looks at it. Sure, and it's yeah. just really boring. So, I think we need to There's go back to that. are all about that, isn't no. it? No. Also, I, I, my head says Henry Cavill. I'd quite like him as Bond as well. I think he's got it all. But and also, someone told me they interviewed him and that he's perfectly happy. He'd be very happy to be Bond, and he's also very happy to be typecast. He doesn't give a shit which I think is why he's throwing himself into all these franchises. I think he's just enjoying himself. Good for him. Yeah. I think he'd be great. A lot of people don't like him. I think he'd be really good. I think he'd be great. He's, he's British. He's, he's very tough. And that bit, the bit in Mission Impossible Fallout where he throws a man through, you know, he pumps his fists and loads his arms. That's very Bond. I like that. Mission Impossible Fallout mm. is without doubt one of the greatest action films I have ever seen. Yep. I, I love that film. Me too. So hard. And it's all practical stunts as well. Exactly. And, yeah. Beautiful film. If you've not seen that movie, I cannot... The only bit that ruins enough. it is when they do, the act, they do an actual halo jump, for real. Like the cameraman's got That's right. jumping as well. Yeah. And they put loads of CG clouds in it for some reason, which is a bit annoying. And they didn't need to do that. They didn't, because he's doing an actual jump and it ruins it. But never mind. So we've got Cavill, we've got, we've got Dan. Mm. Anyone else at all? Um, you, what, what about, so I interviewed Chris Hemsworth for Balance, and we mm. talked about mm. uh, Bond, and he was pretty open about. Yeah, be, it's not my decision, but yeah, absolutely. See, I think he'd be. I think he'd be perfect. Yeah, he'd be all right. Yeah, he's not British though. Do you think they have to be British? I think they do. Yeah. Plus, he Hemsworth's. He probably, he's almost too famous. I think he's too famous, and I think the producers won't pay him to do it. I think he'd want a lot of money. Because there's one thing about Bond is that they're not, they don't throw money at it. Sure. What I would say for it, for Hemsworth is that he would he would really enjoy 
being Bond. Oh, yeah, some would. of the actors have, have the crown has been worn a little heavier. Yeah, Daniel Craig is Queen Victoria, isn't he? He's, uh, <laughs> Whereas not, uh, not amused, he would been on the throne for a while. You imagine him being thrilled to be promoting those movies, wouldn't he? Mm. Yeah, that's the thing I felt, felt sorry about for, for, for Daniel. I think Daniel's a very good Bond, by the, by the way, for the record. I think he's brilliant. I think I he's think, fantastic. I think he's been underserved. But I think he is, in the role, brilliant. And I felt very sorry for him. I think it was Quantum of Solace where he had to do so many adverts. I think he did, like, Coke Zero, Sony and all this. And it just felt like it, that took prominence over the actual film. And then John Oliver, John Oliver showed that clip mm. of the there's some national shopping day in China. Mm. And do you see Daniel Craig yeah. get wheeled out dressed as Bond? I mean, that must... If you're a great actor, which he unquestionably is, mm. and you're getting wheeled out to... It must be quite soul-destroying. It's got to kick you in the ghoulies. But that's part of Bond. It's always been part of it. Always part of it. Mm. Um, I spoke about this with Ed Gamble. I think my favourite ever um, advert in a movie, I don't want to get sued by saying this, is the Casino Royale, where Vesper Lind goes, Rolex, and Bond goes... Oh my god! And she goes perfection. Yeah, that's a that's a gem, isn't it? It is a gem. Yeah. Has, have there been any other buttes in the in the Bond movies? <laughs> uh, not ver- not as blatant as that. I mean, but, that is. Yeah, I, I remember that getting a laugh in the cinema, mm. and it was a, we were all laughing at the same thing, as if to say, "Oh, the audacity!" <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that conversation is perfection, though. So well written. <laughs> you know, when she says about um, how was your lamb, and he says skewered. One sympathises. Uh, I love that. Um, yeah, the Bond's always been blatant about product placement. I mean, there's that. I remember there's a moment in License to Kill where he's got his Lark cigarettes, which they were heavily endorsed by because all nice. Bonds have done a Lark cigarette advert. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Perry. I remember Perrier being everywhere. Seven Up. It's, it's all over them. They're not. They don't hide it very well. What's the? There's a Craig movie where he's in bed drinking a bit. Heineken. Heineken. Yeah, and he, he did a Heineken advert as well at the time. Fair, fair place to go. Oh, and also when they're on the Virgin, uh, they're on the Virgin flight, Virgin Atlantic, in Quantum of Solace, and the barman's all happy, telling them the drink he's making and giving all the brands yes. away. And that's, I mean, part of me is applauding that. Yeah. You, you go for it, guys. Yeah. Is um, is Dalton? Uh, is he? I feel as a Bond. I've watched those two films relatively recently. His performance has aged, I, I think, brilliantly. Yeah. To the extent where if you're in a pub debate, who's the best Bond ever? If someone went with Dalton, I think a few years ago, they'd have got laughed out of the pub. Mm. Whereas now, they'd, 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 uh, they'd come out quite well in that, I think. Yeah, I mean, he, he was doing what Craig's doing now, then, which people didn't want. They wanted Roger again. He was the, he was the, uh, the right Bond at the wrong time. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, if he, if he stepped into the role now... Uh, obviously, he'd be too old now, but uh, as he was then, yeah, I think people would really go for it, and and I think the films are very good. I mean, they're both really, really, really hold up. Um, Living Daylights is a bit more Roger than Tim, but um, yes. uh, License to Kill now would be a, everyone would bloody love it. Absolutely, yeah. Well, uh, are you a big Connery fan? Marginally, he's not my favourite. I do really like him. I think he's great. But the reason I asked that, mm. that it was a slightly loaded question because having listened to all the Smosh Pod podcasts. He's he's the bond that I have without you actually directly saying you, you don't probably give him the same affection as you have the yeah the other ones. No, I don't. Um, I do think he's amazing, and without him, you know, you wouldn't have the whole franchise. Really, it's just that compared to Roger, I like Roger more. Ah, I like Roger more. And more. <laughs> um, Roger's just so lovely. I want to cuddle him. Did, did have you ever met any of the bonds? No, oh, I'd love to. Anyone associated with the bonds? Oh uh, no! Only only someone who worked in the crew, but no, never, never actually someone who's been in them. 
Oh, actually, I tell a lie. My friend Rufus Wright was in oh, of Quantum course. of Solace. He's a lovely chap, isn't he? He is lovely, yeah. I've, I've met uh, Rufus. He's got a great... I better not tell it on the air. Remind me to tell you... Okay. ...off air... Right. Uh, ...cinema. Right. Re- please remind me of that. Now, a lot of people... So, so some people... A lot of our listeners, I, I reckon, will follow you on Twitter. So mm. they may not... They may follow you on Twitter for being Mr. Ken Shabby and may not know yeah. about the podcast. Yes. Now... You are again. I'm blowing smoke here, John. But enjoy the enjoy the smoke. <laughs> I mean, you're you are, you're quite the Twitter star, aren't you? Oh, I don't know about that. I'm, I'm very British. I can't say that. No, no, I'm not really. Um, so with, with Twitter again, what? When did you realise? Oh, a. I'm actually. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm making a blush here. A. I'm very good at Twitter because some some people are just good at Twitter. So on the comedy circuit, there are some people who aren't great at Twitter, and then I don't, I don't have to name names. Uh, and then, so, then I think of my friend Reese James. Whatever it is, he's got it. He's, I think, he's fantastic at it. And, yeah. and you're in a, a similar bracket there. It, some people, I mean, I, I'm crap at it, but you are. You're really, really good at it. So when did you realise that you were onto something there? I don't know. It's just it's, it's always been something I like doing. It's just writing stuff. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I, life to me is just so shit sometimes that Honestly. it's just good to it's good to have fun have fun and share that with other people and what you get with twitter is you get a giant family of people who share private jokes it's not necessarily private jokes on twitter but you know you, you all have a common sense of humor and it's always good you know hence why memes are a thing you can you can just return to jokes and stuff um i've always just found twitter is a really good medium to just express what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. And also, you know, just, just piss about. I love pissing about. It's one of my favourite things in life is making people laugh and mucking about. And Twitter's perfect for that. Because, I mean, it used to used to have to, you know, there was an economy in it where you used to have a certain number of tweets that you used to, uh, sorry, like characters you used to get into a tweet. But obviously now it's a lot more, a lot better. But I don't know. It's just It just feels like it's this, the medium for me on social media that's just clicked. I just feel like I, I really love it. Like I'm, I'm not as addicted as I used to be to it. Uh, for various reasons, but yeah, just this is the one for me. So, I mean, that's how you—that is how you established your profile through Twitter, though, isn't it? Yeah. So you never did—you never done gigs or anything like that. No. Well, I did one stand-up gig once. Um, I'd like to do it again one day, maybe. I've said to you before, but um, John, you know where we are. Yes, I know where you are. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've done one stand-up gig, and um, it's all through Twitter. Yeah. I mean, but I mean. A lot of people, me included, feel such warmth towards you because oh, thank you. I because I know that you do. I, I feel that you do believe in the the positive power of social media in that yeah. in that family and community. Can you, can you just say a bit about that? Because I think it's such a lovely thing to hear because it's very easy, and I've been guilty of it myself mm. to say things like, "Oh, it's it's toxic." But you, I associate with you with such positivity. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, I've got a history of mental illness problems, as most people on Twitter have, and I think it's a very, very, it's a good thing because it, it's good to share your feelings with people. I'm, I'm not backwards in doing that, and I think it's very healthy to do that. And on Twitter, as I say, you build like like, like a family, and I have a very good relationship with my followers, uh, <laughs> which sounds really wanky. No, Sorry, but... John, it absolutely. I mean. I, I... You know, it doesn't take much. I was nearly tearing up when you said that. But it's, it's absolutely true. And that, mm. that is reflected when you make a post. Because there's people with, you know, gazillions of followers who will make a post and there's not that much traction there. Yeah. But your followers, 
they they love you, don't they? Oh, I don't know. I hope so because I, I you know I love them and I love just talking about stupid stuff, wanking jokes, <laughs> um, films. I'm, I'm I'm a big film studies geek, so I love just talking about films. I've I've got like a different section of friends and on Twitter I can just talk about films with all day. I've got a section on Twitter I can just talk about little and large all day and wandering Walter etc. Um, so I just I just love the. The escapism of it, again, going back to what I mentioned earlier, that's what Twitter gives me, is it? Is wherever's going on in my life, I can go on Twitter and just have, have a laugh. Has it, has it, you know, you mentioned mental health problems, has it mm. played a part in, where, you know, if the black cloud has, I mean, something I've talked about in previous episodes, mm. you know, whether it's anxiety, whether it's overthinking, whether it, you know, whatever it might be, when, whatever that dark cloud might be, has it, has, has it provided a, a, a solace, if you like, a refuge? Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I've got a history of it. I mean, for about 20 years now, I've had um, depression and anxiety issues. Um, and Twitter's great for that. You can just go on there and have, a, you know, within five minutes, I'm smiling just through what someone said or shared. And um, I think it's really healthy for that. But it can also drag you down at times, especially with what's going on in the world. Um, but also, that's, that's a chance for then then to post something and cheer yourself up and... So I just think it's really healthy. And without it, I don't know what I'd be doing or where I'd be. Oh, my God. I mean, mate, but also it's, I mean, it's, it's resulted in this. So yeah. how did the how did the, the book come about? Because it's one thing to have a successful podcast. It's one thing to be known as a Bond fan. It's another for me to be holding a really beautiful hardback book in my hands. Mm. I mean, you know, well done, man. Thanks, man. Um, uh, it's very simple. The publisher, uh, a guy called Pete, a uh, publisher called Polaris, Polaris, sorry, Polaris. Uh, he just messaged me and said, do you want to do a book? Are you joking? No. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd had conversations with various publishers. I'd, I'd pitched it. This is the funny thing about life. I'd pitched it a few times. No one was really interested. So I'd kind of given up. And then at the last minute, my mate Pete, the publisher there, just emailed me and said, do you want to do a book? And it was just like, yeah. Was it a classic case of the moment you stopped yeah. chasing? Definitely. Did it? What is the, there's the Alanis Morissette quote that I can never, ever remember. The lad who played Jonathan Pye, who plays Jonathan Pye, Tom Walker, once quoted it. And I, and I could so relate to that. Do you, I'm, I'm going to have to look it up. Do you know there's, what I mean? What about the thousand knives when you're only on a spoon? <laughs> it's the one about, I'm not going to find it. You know what? I'll try and find it in the intro. It's ba- it's ba- the, the point she's making is, is that when you, the moment I let go was the moment, fuck it. The moment, so the moment fuck. Yeah. But there, there is classic some, song. There is something in that though, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's exactly, exactly that. It was just that I'd given up because I just thought, oh, maybe I can't do that or maybe it's not worth doing that. And then Pete emailed me. I sent him my pitch document and he went back and said, that's exactly what I want. Are you yeah. joking? No. John, this is, I, I mean, this is unheard of. I know. There's a, there are established uh, authors and writers who will send a pitch over mm. and the publisher will go, I'm going to set fire to that and mm. th- throw the ashes in the bin. So the fact the fact that you got that first time is astonishing. Yeah. Well, as I say, I'd had I'd had meetings with other publishers as well, um, but they wanted me to go down a road I didn't really want to go down in terms of the book because um, uh, my idea was to just because I had every time I did a podcast I just had a book of notes. I've got a, a whole book of all my notes from the podcast. Oh my god! So from all the research that you've done for each. Yeah, and I thought it would be good to turn that into a book but every publisher was just like no i don't see the market for that or you know i i don't not interested in that i want you to do this so i'd go away and do their idea and just think i don't want to do that 
so in the end and then literally as i gave up he just emailed me and said he, he basically said uh, how would you do you, i think he said something like did you make notes of the podcast do you want to turn that into a book and i was just like well yeah that's exactly what i want to do days <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah i did that and he's he's been amazing every step of the way just really supportive and great and he was there like we had a launch party last night and he was there and it was lovely would you now a lot of our listeners will will be uh, listening to this hmm. and it, i i do find you honestly john I, find, I do find you so inspiring what advice would you have for for anyone listening study hard and stay in school <laughs> um, just don't give up you know just keep at it and it, it, nothing is a rush nothing is a hurry and uh, if you don't I don't know. And if you want to do a podcast, just fucking do it. Don't think, oh, there's too many podcasts. I hear that all the time from people. Oh, there's too many podcasts. No, there fucking isn't. There, there may be, but there may be, but there's not yours. And if it's something that you know, I would, I wouldn't have started mine because there were there were bomb podcasts out there, but there was nothing doing what I wanted to do. So that would be my advice: just fucking do what you want. And also, because also, if you have the one common the one common thread through this podcast, pretty much every single episode is someone pursued a passion and, mm. it, and it changed their life. Yeah. Now, what I fit, now I, I, I did the same thing. I mean, I was quite, I was, I was old in comedy years. When I got into comedy, I was like, I think I was like 31 when I properly started gigging, mm. which is, you, you know, because I hear that from people who want to get into comedy, oh, I've left it too late. And it's absolute bollocks. No, there's no such thing. If you have a passion, I don't, I don't think it matters how old you are. You know, Buster Merrifield, I think he was mm. in his 70s yeah. when he, when he, he wrote, he, he, he proactively pitched for the role of for what would be the role of Uncle Albert in Only Fools and Horses, I mean, if that's not proof positive that it's it's never too late. No, absolutely. If you have a passion, you, it's no good sitting at home watching the telly, going, "Ah, it's not going to happen for me." Mm. You just ha- if I could ever give any advice, it would be that you just have to make yourself do the thing. We are so lucky these days that we live in an age where you can do these things. Like twenty years ago, if you if you thought to yourself, "I want to do something about James Bond." you'd have to go to a comedy club or something and do a, a set about it or something stupid. But now we are so lucky that you can literally just talk into your laptop or your phone or whatever and put it on the internet for people to listen to. So people should just remember that, that you, we live in an age where you can just share everything. So just fucking do it. What's holding you back? How, how did, were you purely word of mouth? What do you mean? Uh, was the, the rise of Smirshpod, was that purely down to word of mouth? Oh, yeah, just, the, just via me sharing it on Twitter, yeah. It's absolutely phenomenal, isn't it? I mean, I'm lucky. I'm lucky that I've got a few followers who've got a lot of followers, like higher profile. That sounds awful. Sort of uh, famous followers who can help. Um, so that definitely helped, like Kathy Burke and Al uh, Al Murray. And I was going to say because like you're you're uh, loads of the word famous, but you know people in the public eye who are fans of you. Yeah, Kathy Burke is a big one. Al mm. Murray is a big one. Mm. Uh, Joel Morris and Jason Hazley, we've talked about yeah. are, are big ones. You may not have heard of those two at home, but just trust me in, in comedy and entertainment circles. The, these are huge guys. Who else are we talking there? Emma Kennedy, she... she yeah, we... we, 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 we um, she's a top dude. Yeah. Um, Samira Ahmed's been really, of really course, supportive. Yeah. Uh, and, and as we should all be of her, what she's doing at the moment. Yeah, she's um, doing absolutely amazing work. Massive. I can't speak highly enough for Samira. I think she's amazing. Um, oh, I don't know. They've got lots of friends. Uh have, that sounds awful. Have you have you been able to? Have you left the day job yet? No. Is that is that something you would like to pursue? Oh, I'd love to do that because I've got I've got a smash, but I've got another, a couple of other podcasts I want to pursue as well. Uh, but it's just time. I, I've got a family. I've got a job, and yeah, I work from Monday to Friday, so it's tricky. But that's the thing. Again, though, you you know to 
uh, Kevin Bridges quoted Oasis about you've got you've got to make it happen, and that's what that's what you're doing, is it? You're trying to, yeah. I mean, I'd like to be doing more, definitely. More, more of what? This, sure. podcasting, and um, just, I'd, I'd like to, to, you know, I'd like to do this for a living, some sort of broadcasting job. That'd be great. Um, so I'd like to make that. If anyone's listening, anyone's listening give me a broadcasting. John job. Rain, did you get? Did, have you sorted the agent yet? No, I haven't got an agent. No, no one wanted me. Are you joking? No. Again, anyone listening? <laughs> John Rain, I can vouch for this guy. Um, now then, fan question. Oh yeah. Are you bringing back? It's a. It's a it'll be a multi-pronged question. This. Okay. Are you bringing back? Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Smirch pod, first question. Yes. Go on, what's the what's the theme for the next one? Well, series four will be Bond again. I'm gonna do all the films again. With different guests. And with new specials, John, and right. obviously do the new film in April. And I'm going to bring out another edition of the book next year with the new film in it and the non-canon films as well. What are the, apart from Never Say Never Again? Are there Casino other... Royale. Oh, the Woody Allen. The Woody Allen, David Niffen one, yeah. What is that? Is, is that a bad movie or is it a good movie? Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> it's fun, but it's terrible. It's got like six directors. It's all over the place. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Orson Welles is in it. Yes, Peter Sellers. Because I'm, I'm right thinking though, is this is this the Woody Allen movie? Because the plot of the movie, when you write it down, I think is hilarious. Yeah. So Woody Allen wants to destroy all men who are taller and or better looking than he is. Yeah. Which is a typical Bond thing, Tom Bond villain. I mean, Stromberg wanted to kill everybody because they didn't live in the sea. Yes. And Drax, Drax had the best plan actually. He wanted to murder the entire planet apart from all the animals and plants, and then come back and live on it. I'd fucking love that. He's like uh, just a, a, a slightly better Thanos. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. He's Dracula's accountant. <laughs> Sorry, that's why I call him in the book. <laughs> yes. uh, do you have a favourite Bond villain? Uh, yeah, I think Drax is my favourite, just because every every so word ludicrous. of dialogue he says is so fucking well written. As in genuinely well written? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Can I... What does he say? Can I... <laughs> oh, I can't remember now. Jesus Christ. I'm too hungover. I can't think. <laughs> but uh, uh, Drax is definitely my favourite. Well, my next question was going to be, would you hmm. bring back Smosh Pod to cover the Bond movies? 
So, so the fact that you, I mean, my prayers have been answered. Yeah, I mean, I, I've probably, I've still got some more of this series to do, really, but I haven't got time because um, I've been doing the book. Um, but I've, I, I, def- I did have some good extra ones from the third series of the action movies lined up. But I might not bother and just go with the fourth series next year. Right. Okay. Now, there, there is a podcast um, about REM and U two with Adam Scott. And, oh yeah. Oh, what's the guy called from Comedy Bang Bang? Scott Ackerman. Scott Ackerman, yeah. And they just did it because they love U2 mm-hmm. and they love R.E.M. Mm-hmm. And then the one of the one of the more recent U2 albums came out, and what happened? They inter- they actually end up interviewing U2. Mm-hmm. Is that is that a thing that you would like to pursue? Where the Bond movie comes out and you get to interview some of the Bond? Cast? I would love that, but I, I. <laughs> I do worry that the guys at Eon, the producers, probably don't like what I'm doing. I do worry though about that because although you know I, I absolutely love Bond and I like to think there's a great deal of affection in what I do. I was about I, to say because I, I associate your pods with whenever whenever the new episode of Smirsh Pod comes in, hmm. I'm not because I lo- I love Bond so much as you know as as we all do. I, mean, I think I think with Bond, I think if you, you, it's almost impossible to just like Bond. I think if you're in, you you. You're sort of all in, aren't you? Yeah. But when the new episode would come in, it was a Bond movie. I was never thinking, oh yeah, John's really going to sock it to, you know, whichever Moonrake or whatever. I loved that it was affectionate. I loved that. Was it Joel Morris defended uh, Die Another Day? I mean, by the end of that episode, I mean, I think Die Another Day. Uh, you know, and uh, I love Piers Brosnan, but that is not that is not. Uh, uh, you know what? I never say anything negative on this podcast. <laughs> so let me diplomatically say that Die Another Day is not without its issues. Yeah, no, but for, I, I but agree for John Morris yeah. Yeah. to give that defense by the end of it. I, I mean, if I could have, it could have, if I could have seen Joel, I'd have shaken him by the hand. I was like, mm. how you'd pull that off? I don't know. He, but he made such a. It's done in such a warm way, isn't it? The podcast. Yeah. yeah. Well, but that's my worry is is that it hasn't been with the last few I did about the new films. Like I, I really laid into Spectre and wasn't so keen on Skyfall. Um, so that's my worry, that they listen to that and think, oh, fuck that guy. Uh, I hope, I'd, I'd absolutely, I'd, I'd love to get involved somehow with the new one and, and speak to somebody, but I doubt it'll happen. I just I just think what you've done is you've got your finger on the pulse of what of the, of the very thing about Bond that we all universally love. Because, mm. you know, as you say, it's not you're not saying these are rubbish. You're, not, you're also not saying, I won't have a bad word said about them. I just think you've... You've got that balance. I hope so. But in fact, speaking of balance, a question that I always forget to ask: when you're not podcasting hmm. and when you're not writing, what what do you do for balance? Um, watch films. I like to. I, I one of my favourite things is watching films and just picking up new things each time I watch them. Um, also, like going out and having a drink. Big fan of, the, of drinking. <laughs> Uh, and listening to music and playing music I play music as well so that's something I like doing um, love playing the pi- I find the playing the piano is quite soothing in terms of um, mental health um, but mainly I'm on Twitter let's, let's be honest sure <laughs> really Who, who's the best Bond that we never had oh um, I really really wanted to see um, Lewis Collins I think he would have been good he he, he had an or well, he didn't have an audition he had a he spoke with Broccoli, but he pissed him off, so he didn't get it. What happened there? He was too arrogant, he said. He said he went, he went in and tried to be Bodie, or Doyle, whichever one he was, um, and rubbed Broccoli up the wrong way, basically. By being too... Too cocky and arrogant. Um, but also, Oliver Reed, I think, would have been good when he was young. 
you know what? He would, mm. wouldn't he? Yeah, he, he, was, he was a stunning man. He really was. But also a big fucker as well, so he'd be quite good. Um, I mean, in the Tom Hardy vein. Yeah, exactly. He'd absolutely. have been channeling that exact same energy. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Sam Neill was very close, wasn't he? He was, yeah. He did a screen it's test. A, I think it's on YouTube, isn't it? It is. And um, uh, James Brolin's screen test is on YouTube as well. Really? Yeah, he did one for Octopussy. Do, where do you stand on the uh, Bond being a woman? <sighs> I, I warmed up on a show recently. Yeah. And Joanna Lumley, you yeah. know, speaking from a place of, of authority, she her, her point was... That's a different character. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with that. I mean, I'd love to say that would be amazing. Uh, but it would be a different character. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be the same thing. But at the same time, that makes me sound reductive, and I don't mean it to be. But it'd just be, it'd be odd, I think. But I don't want to sound all Daily Mail and go, oh, well, let's make... No, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, I think it's possible to... I know it's, it, you know, it can be hard to find that balance sometimes, but it's possible to have a an opinion without feeling like... Yeah, I mean, uh, just, just do yeah. an action film with a, with a woman spy. You don't have to make her James Bond. Just do, like they did with Bourne, just do something like that. And they do it successfully all the time, so... I interviewed two of the uh, actors from Terminator. Um, mm. Dark Fate. Yeah. Dark and Feces. The, and they, they felt... I, I know, I really enjoyed that movie. I've not seen it. Uh, they felt they, they, they felt that James Cameron was just so ahead of the curve in mm. terms of oh, casting strong females at the centre of and Ridley Scott, sure, an alien. Yeah. It would be very easy to make Ripley a man, but he went with, or the writers probably Dan O'Bannon went with a woman to be the hero, which was ahead of the curve because it will you know people credit Friday the Thirteenth with having the first female uh, yeah. hero, but Alien did it way before that. Well done, Ridley. Stop making bad films, please. I mean, uh, I rewatched the director's cut, whatever you know, whatever it might be. Is there like a definitive edition or something like that? Sky put it on of Aliens. Mm-mm. It's, it's a perfect. I think it's a perfect movie. Yeah. Are there any other action movies that you would, you would consider perfect? Die Hard. Die Hard. Die Hard is there's not a moment of waste in that film. It's so brilliant. It, start, it starts off. Mi Fallout. I'd put right up there. Yeah, yeah, I would. That's perfect. Um, Commando, because it's really funny. Yeah, it's not meant to be, but it's really funny. Um, most most Schwarzenegger action movies in that period are perfect, like Predator as well. Um, and uh, what's that? Oh, Total Recall. That's really good. Robocop was also a perfect film. I rewatched that recently. Yeah, that's an absolute. I mean, that is a beauty, and it's aged so well with it the, has. the spoofy adverts. Yeah, know? same with uh, yeah. It's just it's just absolutely perfect. There's not a moment wasted in that film either. So. We were blessed in the late eighties. Yeah, we really every were. action film was a fucking beauty. Uh, now, as we as we hit Christmas, are mm. there any before we go? Are there any? Are there any films? Because you know, think that there, there is there is a lot to be said for in terms of mental health and and well being. Mm. There is something to be said for sitting on the sofa and enjoying a movie. And if it's an analogy I've used before, but if you're certainly my mind is like like the snow globe when it's being shaken up and there's the bits of coconut going everywhere, there is something to be said about sitting down watching a movie and it all just settling and returning to normality. Yes. Do you have any favourites there? Yes, Superman the movie. It's my favourite film of all time. It's got the best soundtrack of all time, and I just find that really soothing. It's got a lovely pace to it, and the central performance by Christopher Reeve is just. Beautiful. Everyone in it is beautiful. Like Hackman's amazing. 
as he always is. But I find that film Hackman really is soothing. Just the oh, goddamn greatest, isn't and it? had the sense to walk away as well. Isn't that just yeah so admirable? It is. It's a shame about his last film, but yeah, that's always the way. Um, but yeah, I find that film and, and Empire Strikes Back as well. Um, JFK as well. I love that film. It's bonkers, I but I love that it for ages. Yeah, it's so good. Hold up. Yeah, The Sting. It's another one I find really soothing. And uh, oddly enough, Sneakers. I went to the cinema to see that. It's such a good film. Yeah. yeah. Does that hold up as well? Yeah. Oh, and the Indiana Jones trilogy, because they didn't make a fourth one. <laughs> My favourite's Last Crusade. Yeah, it's, it's really good. I, thought I can't do it. My friend Dan Clark... Should have milled it to the Marx Brothers. I thought I'd lost your boy. It's a bit <laughs> off the end of the cliff that gets I thought I'd lost your boy. That gets me every single time. Yeah. Who's your, who's your favourite actor ever? Harrison Ford, I think, or Christopher Reeve. Yeah, Harrison Ford, when I was a kid. Um, I love the fact that Harrison Ford was able to play two massive cultural heroes over three films each. It's mad, isn't it? And not kind of be typecast in either. Like, you don't watch you Star don't... Wars and go, oh, look, there's Indiana Jones. Now and that... you don't watch Indiana Jones and go, oh, that's Han Solo. And it's sort of, we, we take that for granted, don't mm. we? That he's managed to do that. Yeah. There's not any part of you. I never, ever, not once have I ever thought about the the other guy. Nope. And he's just, he was just, in his pomp, he was amazing. Just to look at, I, st- I still would. For sure. Yeah, uh, he's a beautiful, in about 1981, he was beautiful. Um, what's his best movie? I'll, t- I'll tell you mine, uh, Witness. Oh, really? Yeah. I watched that recently and I got, yeah, didn't enjoy it as much as I Honestly, thought. Honestly? Yeah. The scene where Lucas Haas looks in the cabinet mm. and oh, tweaks, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the way Ford stands up from his desk... That is that's in my top ten all time. It's his only t- only time he got Oscar nominations. That's right, yeah. It's fucking mental, isn't it? Um, mine is Raiders of the Lost Ark, just because he's amazing it? and he looks beautiful. He once made a gag on Letterman about never winning an Oscar, and yeah. Letterman burst out laughing and just said, "You're an American icon." Yeah, and it's absolutely true, isn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. He's he's up there with like James Dean, um, uh, Redford, all those kind of people. I just think he's very. It's easy to laugh at him now because he's gone off the boil slightly the last 20 years I, I could never laugh at uh... no but when I was a kid I just when I, was, when I was a kid I just thought he was the best thing on earth I really did I just I wanted to be Han Solo I wanted to be Indiana Jones also I thought that about Christopher Reeve I wanted to be Superman he there's that stu- there's that line on the post you know you'll believe a man can fly but Christopher Reeve made me think you know I could fly sure and when that music came on I went to see the um it was a John Williams concert at the Albert Hall last year and when they did the Superman theme I still got that same feeling as I did as a kid just that Niagara Falls yeah the the tears and excitement and wanting to run around with a blanket on my back Um, so I just just think they're just cultural icons is the word definitely the right phrase for the both of them is that why you look I think it's why I mean I've mentioned this on the podcast many times I've been in therapy for uh, about 15 years now uh-huh. and I used to when I was single I mean I was single for tw- I was single for 12 years John and I used to go to the cinema I mean every when I say every week I mean literally every week yeah. sometimes multiple times I've seen some terrible films and my therapist once said you go because it's escapism yeah. which I took as I got really defensive over that because I, I took it as a slight but enough years have passed now where yeah she's she's absolutely right I mean, that's no that's right that's what cinema's for that's why it was invented people used to go and look at pictures to get away from the world and I think that's why it's important um, so it's you know in much the same way reading is it's just a way for your mind to get distracted at the end of the day we're, we're on this spinning globe in space and we're all going to die 
So we have to fill our time somehow until that happens. And what better way to do it than just feeling entertained and distracted? John, there's, there, uh, as long as I do this podcast, there'll never be a better final line than that. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was beautiful, man. Is there, is there anything else uh, you'd like to plug before we uh, go? Oh, no, just buy my book. Buy Thunderbook, please. Thunderbook. Now, the thing with Thunderbook is Bond is such a... Again, I associate Bond with, with Christmas. Yeah. So I just think Thunderbook is... If you have anyone in your family, and, it, and you know what, it might be you, but if there's anyone in your family who loves Bond... I just think this is the ultimate Christmas gift. I hope so. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. Yeah. I'd, 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 thing is, I wrote it, obviously, but then the editing process and stuff, it takes so long, and you kind of forget everything you've written. And when I got the book through the other day and looked through it, I just thought, I'd bloody love to have got this if, it was, if I hadn't written it, because I'd forgotten a great deal of it. So sure. yeah, buy it. It's great. Because you have such a great broadcasting voice, are you going to do an audio book of it? Yes. No, stop it. <laughs> Go on, hit me. What? When's it coming out? Oh, I haven't done it yet, but uh, my publisher's asked me to do one. Yeah. Are you excited about that? Yes. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I don't know when I'm going to do it, but yeah, it's going to take a while. Uh, John, I, I, as, um, as someone who's been a fan of your work for, for quite a while now, this has been uh, a real thrill, and thank you very much for, for everything, John. Oh, thank you. That's, uh, that's very nice of you to see. What are Pod fans called? Smirchers. Smirchers. Well, on behalf of Smirchers everywhere. <laughs> Smirchers. I feel so unusual saying it aloud. On behalf of Smirchers everywhere, John, thanks, man. You, 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 uh, I hope you know that you, you really make the world a, a brighter place. And when, you're, when your pods drop in, and I speak on behalf of the other Smirchers, it, there is like a, a giddy rush. Oh, thanks, James. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. Cheers, John. Bless you. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thanks. That was great, man. Yeah, thank you. Huge thank thanks you. to the lovely John Rain. The book is out now. I cannot recommend it enough. Sort of book that will make you laugh out loud. Um, I would say, if you're a Bond fan, or even have a passing interest in Bond, it's it's proper must-read. Uh, I hope this was something to make you smile as we uh, close out 2019. See you in the new year. Thanks for everything. Thanks for all your positive reviews. Uh, make such a difference. Five-star review, a lovely, positive write-up. It all helps. Drop me an email, podcast at balance.media. There's also sales at balance.media. We're across the socials at balance.ldn. Website's balance.media. I really should automate this by now. (laughs) It's the same thing every time. Uh, And then I'm personally at James Gill Comedy. So uh, on behalf of Balance, thank you all so much. Um, there is a new issue of Balance out in the new year. I can't say any more than that. It's a very 2020 looking ahead, that sort of uh, positive, upbeat start to the new year. I know you're going to love it. Uh, huge thanks as always. Take care and uh, speak soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.